Hey everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. Thanks so much for joining us for a new episode of My Sport in Mind. I'm super excited to welcome one of Australia's top athletes to the podcast, Australia's cricket all-rounder Elise Perry and one of the most dominant players of her generation. Elise, welcome. Give you a little clap. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> Hi. How's things been going? How you been doing over this period? Because I know you've been out recovering with injury, have you? You had a surgery in March. I did, yeah. So I um, had hamstring surgery. I suppose what um, ended up being the end of our season back in March. So, yeah, it's been, I mean, very selfishly speaking, I suppose um, all the circumstances at the moment and the fact that most of us have been at home for the last six months or so has probably been really nice for me because I was going to be stuck in doing rehab for this period of time anyway. And so I've sort of had a few people around, which has been really nice and a bit of a challenge and a focus given how much time we spent at home and, and not playing matches. You know, I've kind of had rehab and getting fit again as a bit of a, a focus. So, yeah, it's been okay. Um, I think like everyone, it's just been, yeah. been a crazy old world. Yeah, it's funny when, we, when everybody talks about it, it's like, well been okay <laughs> what what could you say everybody's been in the same position but you've been able to recover during this period what are you normally like with those downtimes and with injury yeah I mean look touch wood I've been um very very lucky with injury over the period that I've played this is certainly the most substantial one that I've ever had so like I guess resulting in surgery and then probably about a six month rehab period yeah i, I it's yeah it's certainly the the most I've ever been out mm. are you like now itching to get some competition back in <laughs> um yeah I, it's funny like um I am probably a little bit of an outcast when I say this but I equally love training and working on things in that environment as I do I guess competing so look it would be it'd be really nice to be back as a as a team and and certainly working towards something and playing matches again but at the same time I'm often quite content training away so it's a bit twofold for me but certainly it'll be nice to test test my fitness and you know where I'm at and and how I've recovered definitely. I suppose that is that that's quite an interesting aspect of your personality and character is that I suppose training is about being better right and constantly working on things is that something that's been key in your career? Yeah I think just yeah particular to me and and my personality and how I tick I do definitely get as much satisfaction and enjoyment and pleasure out of training and and working really hard at something and just trying to develop my own game or my I guess athleticism or whatever it is I think I equally enjoy that to to actually being on the field and competing probably (laughs) sometimes more than when I do competing but um, yeah I, I think I just like the whole notion of being able to wake up every day and chip away at something and perhaps you know like have a few really good days few really bad days you know never really have an end in sight just constantly sort of chipping away for some reason that really appeals to me and and I like that you get to do it often or all the time in our industry with with someone else and you you rely on other people's help and um, you know teamwork or camaraderie or whatever it is to sort of do those things and I think you know each person you interact with gives you something different and and teaches you something new so um yeah, all those things I think I like about the training environment versus, I guess, the cold, hard competing against someone or a team. And, you know, that's very black and white in terms of you win or you lose versus mm. training where you have some good things and some bad things and, you know, you win some, you know, little wins within a session and all that kind of stuff. So, so 
Oh gosh, I was I wanted to ask you about team and then and then about leadership, but but just going on that competition mm-hmm. side of things, um, how do you personally deal with that cold side of competition there, where it is black and white and that pressure? Uh, it's a funny one. Like I think you have finite amounts of of co- competition in you, if that makes sense, and actually being able to turn up to a game and put absolutely everything on the line and be. 100% invested emotionally and physically and that's a saying that sometimes goes around in my head which is like if everything's important nothing's important and I think you know maybe it's a cynical view but the older I've gotten the more that I've played I think I find that not all competition is is equal like that and certainly there's games and series and tours and matches and championships that really mean a lot and you want to peak for them and you want to be you know 100% focused and and ready for that mentally and and physically and then there's others where I think it's actually really valuable to be a bit more relaxed and laid back about it and able to you know maybe almost test yourself on various things in terms of the way that you prepare or the circumstances or how you walk out onto the field if that makes sense because, yeah that's um, interesting if I've you're always heard that before yeah. everything's yeah in, if everything's important nothing's important <laughs> yeah and look that's just the way I'm built like I know other people that are just like and you know the teammates that are just absolute like competitive base and it wouldn't matter if we're out in the field playing for Australia or if we're in the gym doing a <laughs> you know an exercise they've got to be the best at it they've got to win you know they've got to like compare themselves to others and that's what makes them tick and gives them energy I think I actually find that really exhausting and Mm. I'm probably a little bit more intrinsically motivated or insular with that stuff so yeah I, I think that's that's probably how I handle it like I just know the things that are really important and that matter and that I'm going to be totally physically and mentally invested in and then the other things that are still important but maybe not on that level and I just need to make sure that I'm relaxed and you know give myself the chance to you know maybe not be precise with everything but you know still mentally fresh I guess. I think I'm actually going to take something from that that really hit me because I was like yeah it's a really good point because it is so emotionally draining if you're constantly on all the time and if you're constantly competing and I think one thing when we talk about competitive sport that we don't often talk about is the emotional drain that it takes you know we just focus so much on the physical side of things rather than the emotional side of things do you think oh yeah I I think we're probably getting better at that um it's certainly spoken about a lot more in terms of being mentally fresh and prepared as well as physically I think there's a lot more emphasis placed on that in you know sport these days and maybe in the past but yeah it's funny like how wound up you can get in our environments at times with competing and it's quite competitive and in your face when when you're doing that and you know dependent on your personality but for me like I as I said I find that completely exhausting and so yeah to I guess always uh, remind myself that if everything's important nothing's important really works for me because I can go home and, and switch off really easily from training session whether that's running you know and someone's run a quicker time than me or if it's you know in the gym and someone's lifting heavier like it really doesn't bother me one bit because that's not ultimately 
what's important. Sure, those things matter and testing yourself and making sure that you're constantly trying to get better and develop is is really good, but it doesn't define you as, I guess, as a cricketer. Um, different story if you're a runner or a weightlifter, but if they're not things that, you know, I guess actually defining characteristics of how you play your sport, they're ultimately not as important. Do you think that's one of the keys to your success then, that you can go and switch off? Because I think it's interesting speaking to you because a lot of sports people almost can't leave that alone. Do you know what I mean? They will go home and mull it over in their head a million times. Maybe. I haven't really thought about it that way, but I think I, I know the things that are important for what I do um, as a cricketer and, and like, I guess the outcomes on the field. And so, as I said, I, I guess there's other little things that, you know, you do probably more often than not what, you know, we do a, a heck of a lot of gym sessions, a heck of a lot of running sessions or net sessions in comparison to how many games we play. Um, and I think, you know, if you sort of constantly judging yourself on how you went in each of those sessions and how you compared to others in the team or others around you, it'd be really draining because, you know, you'd, you'd just be riding yourself the whole time. And whereas, yeah, I think it's more about just, um, I know I read something the other day, a, a javelin thrower, Steve Backley from like um, yeah. years and years ago. And oh one gosh, of yeah, I remember was, him when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and one of his big things was just like, you should be, should never have any like weaknesses. And if you do try and fix them, but that doesn't mean you have to be the best at everything. Um, and I think that's what I probably like to work towards rather than, you know, being the best at everything, just not having weaknesses. I think that's um, a really good, <laughs> I'm kind of like, yeah, that, I think that's actually a really good way to look at it. Um, because for you, do you reckon you were always like that then? Because I mean, I, you know, I've read various articles and watched lots of different interviews with you. And I know that sport was really big for you as a child. And, you know, it was clearly your love um, and came as a passion rather than something that you necessarily were going to drive into. Um, and at 16, you became the youngest Australian to play international cricket. Um, was that something that you, was there any pressure there or was it just an enjoyment and that attitude that you've been talking about that you always had? Yeah, certainly an enjoyment. Like it's, it was just a huge part of my childhood and family life. Like both my parents played a lot of sport growing up and in, the, in their adult years as well and really valued that. Um, so I think they impressed that upon my brother and I, like we were always in the backyard or down at the park or the beach, you know, being active and, you know, riding bikes around the neighbourhood, um, throwing, catching, kicking, passing, all that stuff. Like we just, that was a big part of our childhood and our playtime um, if we weren't at school. So that played a big role in it. And then maybe again with, with my parents, um, my dad, you know, still <laughs> throws balls to me now and is probably, you know, my, my main batting coach. Um, but, I think in all that time that we've been working together and been at the nets and shared all the various experiences that have come playing sport, you know, he's never compared me to others or set it up like, you know, you've got to be better than this person or this person did better than you today. Or it was never, ever a question of that or, you know, that kind of pushy parent mentality, I guess, is what I'm getting at. It was always very much about how I could improve something, you know, <laughs> whether it was a technical thing, you know, like, from particularly with with cricket um you know so many little technical skills and so we're always tinkering with that and working away at that and trying to develop that um I still do that now and that's probably you know one of my favorite things about training particularly when I'm hitting cricket balls um you know or if it was a game and it didn't go to plan it wasn't about someone else was better than you or you got shown up by someone it was just like oh maybe you made the wrong decision here or that kind of thing so I guess 
not constantly being pitted or compared to other people, particularly by your parents, is is really important. It's just about encouraging you to do your best, but also like encouraging me to to keep working on things and trying to get better too, I guess. Yeah, you can really you can really see that actually from talking about your dad and that it's almost like a it's a healthy drive rather than it being almost like a critical drive and a comparison and for now for you at least you've achieved so much in international cricket and in football soccer um, as well and winning so many trophies and you won the cricket world cup in 2013 has your motivation shifted at all because you've achieved so much or do you even realize that yeah I don't I don't really think my motivation has shifted I think it's always just been about trying to you know get the most out of myself and be as good as as I can possibly be. Um, I think the attitude and the way that I go about that has definitely evolved as I've got older and um, more experienced and as a result, probably far more relaxed around a lot of the things that I do because I know myself better as an athlete and what works and what's important. Again, you know, if everything's important, nothing's important. So um, the things that are really worthwhile, um, you know, devoting time and energy to and the other things that just don't matter as much. Um, so I think that's certainly helped me in terms of just being being a bit more relaxed and I guess capable of um, enjoying things and not getting hung, hung up on things as well. Um, and ultimately, I think that makes you certainly a better person and teammate to be around too, because you probably see a lot more from a global perspective in a team rather than just through your own lens. Um, so I guess as I've got older, that has become more important to me and, you know, contributing a lot more globally to the team, you know, both as a, as a player and a teammate, but also just as, you know, a friend, I think, you know, we spend so much time together now and actually getting to know each other on a, a really like great level. That's, you know, not just about our sport, but you know, us as people um, has certainly become more of a, um, what I get a lot more joy, joy out of, I guess, than just scoring runs or taking wickets or winning matches. I spoke to a, a football or soccer manager actually here the other day, and he was talking about how important it is for his team that they actually know each other personally because they found that they were playing soccer together at a high level but actually didn't know basic things <laughs> about them as individual people. Um, you know, I know you've played you played in the Australian national team in soccer and you've obviously played in the cricket team. So have you seen like differences in approaches and what do you think makes that, that team? Is it, is it by being a, not just being at least the cricket player, but you as a person too? Mm, um, yeah. So I, I think that's a really interesting question because I've seen it work both ways. Um, <laughs> and so I think there's probably a, a bit of a, a sweet spot, I suppose, um, if that's the right term. But like, you know, there's a lot of talk around this whole notion of being vulnerable and being a, a true human or person around a team and having to share, you know, really personal, deep things to kind of create that kind of bond. I, I don't necessarily think that, especially in a, you know, cultivated way is the key to success. In some ways, I think it's probably detrimental, but I think at the same level, Sorry, at the same time, um, an element of wanting to play for one another, um, not just because you all want to win, but because you you genuinely love and enjoy sharing these experiences with one another is really important. And I think that comes from certainly um, knowing people more than just at training and, um, you know, at, at, as 
an athlete or a cricketer, um, you've got to know more more than that, be able to connect with each other. I just don't think it has to be super, super layered, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's in, that, so you've obviously said you've seen it both ways. Why do you think it, mm. have you seen it be detrimental then? Because you said it can be detrimental if it's too, is it almost too vulnerable or? Yeah, well, I think you can go too far and get too hung up on, on culture and then, um, you know, and that's such a buzzword culture. And then, mm. you know, to the point where you, you're actually implementing rules and trying to dictate the way that people behave almost synthetically. I think, you know, when you, you pin yourself, your, your beliefs and hopes to a set of words or, you know, these strict rules that this is what we stand for as a team and we must all act like this to make sure that we're portraying it. I think it's got to be a lot deeper than that in the sense that rather than just having words or, you know, things that you sort of say you want to be known for. It's almost like let everyone be themselves and we'll all find a commonality somewhere, but it's got to, it's got to happen organically. It can't just be, we do a couple of culture sessions and we talk about culture a few times and we win a few games and then we say, um, <laughs> it's all because our culture is so great. Like I think that's an easy way of kind of doing it and looking at it, but I don't think that necessarily is of any substance. Yeah. It- I have heard it the other way as well, where um, even on this podcast, we've done interviews where it's all about buying into that culture. But it's a really good point. That is that actually authentic because we're all different. We all behave differently. And I can imagine even in your team, you're just full of different personalities. Yeah. And look, cricket's quite a unique sport because whilst it's a team sport, in comparison to a lot of other teams, there's so many individual moments. You know, I think about soccer, um, because I've had a little bit of involvement there, but, you know, any of the rugby codes or anything like that. And they're very, you're very reliant on each other on the field as well. Um, Whereas in cricket at times, it's, it's solely individual. Like if you're batting, it's just you facing that ball. If, um, you're bowling it's just you bowling that ball and you know really the only thing that you do as a whole group is field um, so there's lots of individual moments there which maybe then and allows for a little bit more looseness around that and being able to be um, a bit more independent and um, certainly free thinking and creative and I, I think that those values are still very relevant to any team sport because you don't want to stifle creativity or people's uniqueness um that's what makes it special and that's what makes things interesting and enjoyable um and i think trying to dictate to people about how they should act or think or you know buy into things unless you know you really invest a long period of time and energy getting to know that person how they tick and then adopting those kinds of values to what suits them um it's never sustainable and it you know, it looks good when you're winning, but when, you, when you're losing and you're not doing great, it actually probably all comes undone a little bit. Yeah. And what, and for you personally, um, because you became, you almost, I don't know, were shone in the spotlight and you became a very well-known figure and name um, globally and obviously in Australia. And I've seen some of the headlines that were, that were written and you know, one of them was like the ultimate role model and there was something about being pitch perfect. Um, how do you personally deal with people talking about you like that? Um, I make sure I go and hang with my, my schoolmates or <laughs> the, pe- the people I grew up, grew up with because I think they chop me down very quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they know all my faults and frailties. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I certainly... I think all of us in um, in our team 
and probably, you know, most professional athletes feel incredibly fortunate to be in the position that we are. And, and certainly, like, you want to have a really positive impact on people because, after all, that's, that's sport. Like, it's, it's ultimately such a positive vehicle for society and community and it's a happy thing. Um, you know, even, <laughs> I guess even when you lose or your favourite team loses that you're watching and you're invested in, it's still a wonderful experience to just be there and, mm. and take part at whatever level that is. So, yeah, certainly you, you always want to have a positive impact. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, you've got to be yourself as well. Um, so setting a good example, making sure people enjoy their time when they come and watch the sport or meet you or, all those things are, are really important. Um, I guess ultimately, though, I always think like um, parents are, are the most important role models for their children and probably have the most responsibility there in my mind. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 lovely to be in that position, but it's not the be all and end all either, I suppose, for mm. for me as an athlete. <laughs> Yeah, do you take do you take notice of the press or of social media? Because I remember when we were talking to Justin Langer, and he was saying, I mean, I looked at your social media, and and you know, it's very professional in the way that you do it. But he was saying it's like you know that 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 press sometimes and that social media can be like the the biggest almost negative for um, sports stars. Mm. Yeah, look. Um... <clears throat> I don't know if I should really say this or not, but I don't really have a lot of involvement with my social media. Um, I, yeah, I know what goes up there, but it's not like I don't have access to the account um, in terms of going on and reading comments or, you know, I guess scrolling through feeds all the time and all that sort of thing. I, it's never really interested me. Um, I think, you know, I've got a couple of social media accounts that are, that are private that I use to stay in touch with people that I don't get to see often and know what they're up to. But um, on that broader sort of scale, you know, as a public kind of fi- figure or whatever you want to term it, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not really something I've ever engaged in a lot because I, mm-hmm. I just think it feels so surreal. It doesn't, you know, like... I, for me, uh, interact. I'm probably quite um, shy and introverted naturally. So interacting with a whole heap of strangers is just super daunting. And um, I think we do enough of that in real life at games and yeah. when you go to appearances and, you know, those kinds of things. So for me, um, having a device in my pocket that then, you know, I would have to do that <laughs> more and more. It just make me really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, look, there's some obviously some huge upsides to social media and um, I think when it's used well can be such a great tool. I just don't probably have the energy or the passion to devote a lot of time to it. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of have someone that helps me out with that and, mm. and looks after it. As I said, I'm not sure if I should be tell, <laughs> saying that, but I just, yeah, that, that's always been my belief with it is that... Yeah. Um, but it's understandable yeah. as well and it's okay for you, you know, to me, I'm like, it's completely understandable because you're talking about that conserving emotional energy and it does take a lot of emotional energy and a lot of the mm. time it can be, sometimes you can have loads of positive messages and then it's one, one that could just catches your eye and it can sometimes, you know, mm. it can affect you. Everybody's human at the end of the day and has emotions, yeah. right? Yeah, it's funny how we work um, as humans. And I know this is absolutely me for sure. Like I would always um, probably not like 
any kind of praise or you know um niceness kind of a lot a lot of time goes in one ear and out the other but the one bit of criticism or something that's not as lovely it just sits like it just sits in your brain and um so you know i think i definitely cop that from people that i have i know and really respect and and care about um I think that that kind of feedback is really important at times, but I don't want to hear it from strangers to be perfectly honest. I, yeah. I don't think that's healthy. So I have to say, I agree. And I think, I think the majority of us are like that. I, I don't know mm. why, but I think we are. Um, and at least what, what would you say is your biggest learnings in terms of, of mindset and those moments that, you know, when maybe you do lack a bit of, I mean, you said that you've got, you know, you've always got the motivation, but you, maybe you do lack a bit of motivation or you do, you are having kind of those lower days. Definitely for me is um, other people, I think. So, you know, if, if I am struggling a bit with like wanting to go and do something from a training point of view, like just knowing that someone else is going to be there and do it with you or having to meet someone there that you enjoy spending time with and working with is super important because you know often you know if you're sort of like dreading going to a session or doing something and it always becomes a bigger thing in your head um that you're gonna not like it and all that and you get there and you do it and it's never ever as bad or as hard or as draining as you think it will be so I think it's just like making sure that you get there firstly and, and put yourself in a position to do that session but secondly having someone there that you probably have the commitment to meet but also then like working with um is really important and then from when you're in a bad patch certainly same thing like going back to the people that you know know you really well and um you know provide you with clarity and the kind of information that you need to hear because you know often when things are it's probably both ends of the scale actually when things are going really well um people like to attach themselves and like offer their bit of advice and chime in and 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 help and similarly when things are going really bad you'll get a, a thousand different opinions and voices and um that's all really well intentioned and meant or most of the time anyway but really i think it's the people that are there through all the gray as well um that know you best because they've seen the whole i guess gamut of of how you operate and and what works best so um yeah, that's a long way of answering that question, but it's definitely people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to hear. And what would that be your advice to anyone that maybe is going through a tough time at the moment, especially with what's going on, is surround yourself by um, those people? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, we're such social beings, aren't we? Like, you know, even if you're uh, you know, a bit more introverted or shy, like it's still, you still rely on other people for for help and guidance and, and advice and all those things so yeah I think it is definitely going back to the people that um know you best and care about you the most and, and you have a great relationship with and I think that's really hard in the world of professional sport because often those people actually don't really have a direct impact on on your career in the sense of you know they might not be in the position to select you or you know, I guess represent you and a team level or speak to staff about you or help you out with your teammates or whatever the thing is. Um, often they sit outside that bubble. So it's sort of, it's hard because you've got to manage, you know, expectations from the people that you work for. Um, but, and, but sometimes the best advice comes from outside of that because 
yeah, I, I've definitely noticed like you can get so caught up on like all the little itty bitty things that go on in a team environment or at an organizational level that, you know, if you spoke to anyone else about either wouldn't make sense or just sound ridiculous. Um, so sometimes getting some clarity from outside of that yeah. is really important too. But um, I suppose when I talk about this, I'm thinking particularly my parents and, you know, my dad, when I work with him at the local nets, most of the time, like it, everything is just so stripped back from, you know, my daily, I guess, um, workplace, which is going in to, you know, cricket and everyone who works for crickets there and your teammates and your coaches and then all the peripheral staff and then I guess the office staff and execs. And so, so you're just surrounded with so many different things that are related to cricket, but maybe not that important to you, but you need to care about. Um, whereas when I'm at the local nets with that, it's like I'm a kid again. I'm just hitting cricket balls because I enjoy doing that. Um, yeah. It's like the rawness nice of back sport, right? Yeah. What you had as a child. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a lot, it makes a lot more sense, I think to me when I'm, doing that again because it, it reminds me of why I do it um, you know and so and it takes a lot of the stress out of it too I think it just becomes yeah being a kid again really and reminding yourself if, if you said why you do it is that for that love and that enjoyment mm, yeah exactly and just like chipping away at something um, with someone I guess um, so like gosh I've chucked a million tantrums down at the local nets with dad um many i'm not proud of but um you know and and maybe that particular session i didn't have a smile on my face the whole time but at some level i still enjoy it and i still relish the the challenge um <laughs> it's just yeah i guess knowing that yeah enjoyment comes in a few different forms and doesn't always mean you have to be laughing and smiling and joking but um most of the time I am don't get me wrong but yeah every now and then it's still enjoyable but hard <laughs> yeah it can come from that challenge can't it and that sense of achievement and and self-worth um yeah. Elise thank you so much it's been really great um and I love like <laughs> the thing I'm going to take from you now is and I'm really going to think about it, is that if everything's important then nothing's important that's like stuck <laughs> in my brain now <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> well, uh, I yeah. can't claim to have come up with it but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got something from it <laughs> well, well you did to me and you did here <laughs> so you can take that one <laughs> um, thanks so much I hope you enjoyed listening thanks to Sport in Mind Charity for their support with this as well remember if you are struggling um, you know there are people that really do understand and there are different charities available and do listen to our different episodes as well because they cover lots of different uh, aspects of mental health and mental well-being and mindset hope you've enjoyed listening to the series so far thanks again to elise and speak again soon